Hi folks, welcome back to the MatchNet podcast. This is the podcast that is just about the matching and blessing. It's all for you single folks who are trying to just be the best person you can be so that you can prepare to be the one for your future spouse. Or if you're just curious about what the blessing is all about or what this matching process is all about, this is the place for you. We have episodes for anyone, regardless of your situation. And today we're privileged to have with us the BFM director, Yana Johnson. Say hi, Yana. Hi, everyone. And hey, we have Tomomi Fukuda. Hi. All right. Who is uh, one of the closest assistants to Dr. Young and also one of our BFM staff. We're always grateful to have her. We're especially glad to have Tomomi because if you didn't know, she is single and looking to mingle. <laughs> so, um, so her perspective is very important and her perspective brings a lot of relevancy and application to this conversation. And today's conversation is about preferences in the matching process. This is really an important thing uh, to discuss because many of us have grown up uh, in in a faith-based environment where we kind of are told to squash our bodily instincts and and bodily desires and, and think about things that are more eternal and internal and spiritual and not really think about uh, preferences in terms of uh, external versus internal uh, qualities. And we're going to get into all of that. But I wanted to, first of all, throw it to Tomomi and ask you, Tomomi, why is it that this is something that is really important to you? Uh, and why is it something that maybe you're, you're curious about? Yes, um, I, I like to have this conversation long time with um, people when we know about blessing, also uh, like church uh, belief because I grew up with um, yeah, faith-based parents and uh, we tried to follow uh, true parent standard. Um, I also try uh, follow and then try to receive blessing also I'm preparing right now, right now. But yeah, when I grew up, uh, I never had a chance to discuss about this topic, how, mm. what is look like ideal family. Of course, my parents try their best, uh, try to create ideal family. But for me, um, I, I saw many sacrifices uh, my parents did, also a lot of difficulties, but try to, um, try to be a best uh, to create ideal family. So, um, but I already mature and I'm also preparing for my blessing and then to create, to prepare my family for future. Then I really want to discuss about how, what does it look like ideal family also how I can prepare myself uh, to create ideal family for future, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you grew up in an, an environment where preferences weren't really discussed, right? You didn't really know how to bring this up in a conversation. And now you're uh, at an age where you're really serious about matching and blessing, and you may have some preferences. As generally speaking, everyone that we talk to, all the matching candidates we talk to, have some level of preference. But we really want to get into maybe the, the right question is not, is it okay to have preferences, but rather to identify those preferences and to kind of give them a label or give them some sort of priority in your life. And we'll talk about some ways that preferences can be helpful actually in a process, but also have some ways that it can be harmful and risky, even when you're considering a partner. So Yana, what's your take on that? 
I love that perspective to kind of think about the questions you're asking yourself. I think that's important. Like, are you asking the right questions or how can I reframe this? Sometimes we get really stuck on like, yeah, that right or wrong. Is it right? Is it okay to have preferences? Is it wrong? Feel bad to be, you know, I want to be a super open person. So just two questions to put in here that I think are really great. One, I asked a lot myself in preparing for True Parents Matching, which was, you know, um, can I see this person, potential spouse person from God's perspective, right? Um, and kind of praying for that, like God's eyes. And there's a song called Give Me Your Eyes. <laughs> you guys know that song. <laughs> Definitely listen to that at the time. Okay, yeah. Um, but another one that I heard recently from a testimony that I really liked was uh, one person was sharing how their friend challenged them when she was sort of sharing her preferences qualities she was looking for and the friend asked her would God have the same list for you or would God have a different list of preferences so just throwing that question in is I think really good you know how can I see this person whoever is approaching you in matching conversation or that you're looking at profiles of how can I see those people from God's perspective and also how can I see myself from God's perspective because I think that honesty and self-honesty is really key like God knows you so well and wants to connect you with um, really an incredible person that compliments you well. But the more honest you are to your matching team, to yourself, the easier it is for God to work. And, uh, and I find one of the greatest joys, you know, again, after being blessed several years over a decade is discovering why kind of God brought us together, I think, and especially the ways that we compliment each other and all those things that you can't see right in the moment. But at least asking those kind of questions really invites God in and that perspective. Yeah, thanks, Jana. That's an interesting thing about seeing from God's perspective. That's something we talk about a lot uh, in the BFM, in the matching process. I think, honestly, when people hear that, it's a bit hard to grasp. It's a bit hard to understand. So I want to take a moment just to veer off a little bit and to kind of figure out what that means and also what people can do to try to identify how to go about seeing, essentially seeing brothers and sisters as your family, seeing uh, men from a healthy perspective, a heavenly perspective, and women from a heavenly perspective. Tomomi, in your experience, is that something that you deal with or resonate with? And how do you try to see others from God's viewpoint? Um, for me, if I can see a humanistic way, then I can, I cannot easy to accept like some characteristic or some opinion, some appearance of our brothers. But yeah, I try what is God's perspective uh, should be more. Uh, he is also, I am also like, yeah, his children. Um, we are, yeah, we are God's children so we are growing through a um, true parents world and then through this perspective i think i can see another viewpoint to the people to brothers uh, uh, he loves god's love them god's love them uh, how i can embrace weakness uh, challenges or really different from me 
but also how I can embrace that is more practicing, I think. I see. So it's kind of like a daily a practice. A discipline. Yeah, daily practice. Oh, cool. Got it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yana, how about yourself? I think I'm just reflecting, like want to give one example of how I feel like what I was sharing about recognizing why God brought us together. Mm. Um, I think really just a practical tip, like journaling or things, whatever helps you reflect on yourself, like observe yourself. So when I was preparing for the matching and blessing, I really thought the kind of spouse I needed was someone who was older than me. I'm an older sister, my family, and I kind of felt like I wanted to be, I thought I was more of a like, like to follow the rules. I could be very, um, a good younger wife or something. Uh, but my husband's younger than me. And it's interesting because in reflecting and being more honest about myself and as I've grown also, cause you do grow a lot together. That's one of the things I think it's really important is that like, even though you're making this long-term decision that can be, that's where the preferences get very um, serious. It's really real. Like, can I commit to raising a family with this person? Right. And um, so it's not always so easy to think down the line what that's going to look like, but you're committed to growing, right? Can you be committed to growing together? And so one of the things I've noticed in growing together with my husband is that I actually like being, I'm older than him. Uh, he's helped me bring out more of my leadership potential and things that I really value mm. and speaking my voice that actually was a big struggle for me before to just speak up. But actually I realized that that's something I needed to grow into. And I really like being that I like being in a director role. Um, but I think that was something God could see in me and wanted to bring out. And I love that my husband helps me in that area. So mm. I think that perspective of like, you really, you know, we're always discovering about ourselves and being honest that we don't fully know ourselves. We might think we're this kind of person and we need this kind of person. But if you can be more working on how are you committed to grow and you can recognize um, potential spouse is also someone who's serious about growth or committing to grow. I think that's going to give a bit, a little bit less pressure around this topic that helps. Hmm. Yeah, there's a a really interesting thing going on regarding the matching process is people are always asking this question, how do I see somebody as a brother or sister as a, from a healthy perspective, as opposed to an unhealthy, unwanted perspective. Um, and back to your point really quick, Yana, about how your spouse helped you grow. I think that is a really important question for all couples. Everyone to ask is how did my spouse help me grow in the last, however long we've been together something you don't think about. And quite frankly, I ask a lot of guys this question and they can very easily say like, my wife helped me. Like I was so immature and I was just thinking about myself and now I'm just a, a real man. And when I ask women, they really struggle. <laughs> it's true. You can ask people, you know, I promise you it's harder for women to say how their husband helped them grow. So I'm really glad to hear that from you, Yana. If you ask my wife, I, I asked her recently again, and she always says the same thing. She says, yeah, I've grown. I've built up my tolerance for bad smells. I've become more patient, more, more loving, you know, that kind of so stuff. Funny. Always, she always like turns it into a, how, how I'm like really immature. <laughs> Anyways, 
I can just laugh this stuff off. I know, I know I've helped her grow. I know it deep in my heart. She doesn't have to tell me, um, but I can, I mean, I can go on for hours how I've developed over the last 11 years. Actually, this weekend is our blessing anniversary, uh, October 10th, 2021, as we're recording this. So 11 years, definitely awesome. grown a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Woohoo. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, congratulations. Thank you so much. Just, sho just shoving that in there. But, uh, Going back to the topic of seeing people from God's perspective on the broad, on the broad, the broad stroke uh, backdrop of this conversation is, is it okay to have preferences or how many preferences is healthy or unhealthy. And we're identifying that seeing people from as a brother or sister is important. In my line of work, I work a lot with, with men that are struggling with their sexual integrity, meaning that they have an unwanted porn habit or masturbation habit that they are just, um, not, you know, they're having success, but they're trying to figure out how to get mashed and blessed with, you know, and get rid of that so that they can be in a healthy relationship. And so they're in a position, a unique position, because when you're watching content online that is, is over-sexualized and hyper-sexualized, it is nearly impossible to view women or men, regardless of your men and women, from a godly perspective. So that's number one. And it's not just pornography, guys. We're talking about you know, there has, there's already been research coming out about the, the effects of Instagram on people or social media on people's perspective on themselves or his perspective of others. There's something that I call the Instagram standard, which is a, a societal view or standard that is the found that the basis of, of what is considered attractive, quote unquote, attractive or beautiful or, or should be celebrated or is preferred in a relationship. But the reality is the vast majority of human beings on the planet are not like that. So if we have a certain expectation or preference, if you will, of what somebody should be externally speaking, uh, not just how they look, but how they dress or how they do their beard or how they do their hair, you know, I'm talking about some of me, or how they <laughs> do their lipstick or whatever it is. It's all based on this uh, unrealistic, quite frankly, an unrealistic standard that more and more we're being uh, portrayed to by wherever we're spending our time online, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or pornography or whatever it is. And this is just a small aspect of it. But in my experience in working, especially with people, is that there is a there is a fine line. In my definition, in my book, there's a fine line between an external preference and an internal preference. An external preference is something that really doesn't matter past your lifetime, something that doesn't really matter. You don't really bring with you beyond your, your, your life. You don't bring it to eternal life. You don't bring to spirit world. And probably something that won't matter after a few, a few years or a few decades of being together. Something like someone's a little overweight or something like somebody is short or tall or a little younger than me or too old, or they don't speak the same language as me, or they have a lisp or they have this weird mole on their face or they <laughs> have one leg. I don't know, you know, whatever it may be, those are, are very clearly things that you do not bring with you uh, in, into an eternal long-term relationship. And if those things are there, it's okay to, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I don't think that they should be the top priority for you to consider. Uh, things like language, things like height, things like um, where they live, what kind of education they have, what kind of career path they're on. They're considerations. I'm not going to disregard them completely. But in terms of the priority of things, if you put those too high in the priority list, and you aren't open to other possibilities, then you're actually, it's a very risky move on your part because you're limiting the pool of opportunity in your life. And I'll explain about that in just a second. So those are the external things. You're limiting your pool. The internal qualities, when I've talked to, to folks who are, who are matching candidates about their preferences, 
sometimes they are very good qualities that they're looking for, such as I want someone who has the same, same faith as me, someone who has the same value system as me, someone I want to raise my children with, which is an eternal decision, something that affects your lineage long term, someone that I, will, I can um, share uh, the same perspective about God and spirituality, someone that is kind of on the sp same spiritual plane as me, if you will. And I want to talk about uh, one matching candidate that I was helping through the matching process, and he didn't have any preferences, right? And he was kind of asking all kinds of different people uh, and, and being in matching processes with different people and having conversations from people from different countries here in America, in Canada, South America. And he was kind of just starting conversations and asking around. And what he kept saying was it, it, like things didn't work out. And it wasn't because people were not meeting his expectations. But what he said is he wanted someone that was on the same spiritual maturity as him the same spiritual maturity. And I was like, that's interesting because that is a preference, but it's also something that's more meaningful than that they have to be a few inches taller or shorter than you. Or, I mean, that's kind of a silly example, but like age is an important thing or language is a really important thing for people. And I was like, that's really interesting. And I kind of share his, this story about this particular matching candidate because I thought that was a really mature perspective. He didn't care about anything else, quite frankly. He didn't care about anything else, but he wanted to be blessed with someone that shared his spiritual path so that they could raise their family and build a community around kind of a, a common vision, a kind of value system. So we got to know uh, people on that basis. And he found someone that honest, quite frankly, they're very different. They're very uh, externally speaking, like in terms of their uh, career paths and education and physical appearance, very opposite but they're just like, somehow it works. And when you look at them at the first glance, you're like, that doesn't look like it works. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But if you get to know them, it's like, wow, they're like, they're like glue, they're like united. And you can say the same about so many of the couples that you know in your life or have been matched and blessed by true parents. People that are polar opposites, like our own parents, right? Yana and Tomomi. It's like, they're just totally polar opposites. The first generation that true parents match is totally polar opposite, but somehow they're able to, through the ups and downs, frankly, through a lot of difficulty, managed to, in the end, make it work, do something about it, and, and find that common value and common vision. And it's something that's really unheard of. I think is quite beautiful, actually. Uh, anyways, I'll wrap up what my segment right now. But <clears throat> I want to share just real quickly about my preferences. Is may, may, many, maybe Tomomi or Yana, if you have preferences that you have or had had when you were matched, uh, maybe... It might be helpful for our, our listeners to have some perspective. Uh, Yana, do you want to shoot us off first and then we'll go around? Yeah, I was thinking about the spiritual maturity one because that was on mine and I, God really needed to humble me here. So just a shout out if any other people are thinking I was really, so I did STF for a long time, like three years on STF mm. and I, I did it. I think it was because I was stubborn and I couldn't learn a certain point, but I also really held that dear because that was a huge turning point in my life and faith with God. And I kind of, if I had been on my list of preferences, right, not God's list, let's say mine, someone who had gone through a similar experience, because there's a lot we could share there. So that was one of the first immediate things when my husband and I were matched, I realized he hadn't done any kind of uh, faith year training or anything like that. And so for a while into our relationship, that was something I, I held a little bit, I don't know, above <laughs> a little thought that I had a little more spiritual maturity until we really started living together. And I could see 
my husband, who's the smack middle, the fourth of seven kids, and his ability to live for the sake of others and share totally humbled me to the point where I was like, wow, I spent all this time trying to grow, but I still have a hard time being that loving person. And I felt like God was really trying to show me, you know, that spiritual maturity. Yes, you know, you, you've dedicated a lot of public mission, but also the way that Alexander grew up um, gave him a lot of spiritual maturity that I didn't see, right? So I think that was an interesting preference or something that I felt, again, it's a little different with true parents matching because you kind of learn after, but something to observe for those of you in matching conversations as well, that there's a lot of different ways of maturity. And it's also good to, um, yeah, maybe think about the questions that you're asking people, I feel like, because that was part of the problem. I was trying to ask my husband a lot of questions about God and how he sees things that I had learned to articulate on STF. I hadn't learned that before. So I was kind of wanting that kind of conversation from him. But actually, um, you know, if I had been asking different questions about how he handles family situation or love or different things, later I asked those kind of questions and I learned a lot from him. So just want to add that tidbit with the spiritual maturity or what you're seeking in a person. They may have it in a different way that you do, which is really good, right? That's what you can learn from. So, yeah, think about how you can ask a broader range of questions around whatever that is, that internal preference that you have to try to get a fuller picture. Got it. Thank you, Anna. Tomomi-san, what is your preference? For me, honestly, I used to prioritize a lot of, I think, external um, preference, like financial, stable, yeah, financially sta stable or like um, taller than me, good appearance or like good at sports, <laughs> like, or like yeah, high education, this kind of yeah, external things I used to see like naturally to see the people or match. Uh, but right now, <clears throat> I try, I like turn into more internal aspect to see value, like um, how, how, how much we can, uh, how much, yeah, we practicing daily for the, this belief, because uh, this is not just believe we also want to practice it to an ideal person. Um, because true parents' words, our teaching is not just like reading book or reading textbook. This is, we're going to practice, we're going to embody, right? We're going to, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to inherit or learn from true parents, our parents also, our good yeah, teaching. So, uh, I want to see the people uh, who really see the value of our teaching and then also practicing this teaching right now. Yeah, so, yeah, still I have that kind of external preference, honestly speaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, oh, but also right now, I try more prioritize, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. internal aspect to find a spouse. Yes. Got it. So you've kind of developed. 
yeah over the years interesting that tends to be the opposite of what happens with people when they get older is mm-hmm. they tend to kind of pigeonhole their preferences more and more to kind of match their level of status Does that makes sense like my level of education or my level of work experience or maturity um, so i have to ask what what is it that kind of changed you or is changing you do you think mm, well because like yeah, blessing like creating family it's not just only me also this is kind of teamwork teamwork with husband and wife and uh, we have a blessing uh, we're gonna receive blessing but not just only me also with husband with spouse then he also should have the kind of value system or know the yeah, belief together. Then he also need to put effort. Also, I need to put effort together uh, to create ideal family. So of course, external things important. I have a preference towards spouse, but also he, pro- he probably also have a lot of preference toward me externally, but I don't think I can match everything. But yeah, the most important things, from, uh, more important thing is how we can, yeah, kind of work together and to really realize the ideal things with husband that is more important uh, how to practice internal things. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. So preferences I'll share just real quick. When I was matched in blessed, my preference was that uh, someone that had a faith, a life of faith, and I was open to kind of figuring out what that was for them, but I just wanted them to have a fundamental belief in God and spirituality. And that was it. And I, I was kind of open to to that. My wife is a little more complicated. She uh, had zero preferences. She's like water. When I asked her afterwards, she's like water. She's like, no, I didn't have anything. But she told me later on, I don't know if she's going to kick my butt for saying this. She told me later on that she, her only preference, and I kid you not, is she wanted to not be married to a pastor's son. (laughs) Why? Maybe maybe Tomomi, you understand why. But because she grew up in Japan and she went to to, she lived in Korea for, for many years. And she knows a lot of pastor's sons, apparently, and because she studied theology and Sun Moon. And she just, just don't rub her the right way. And she just, you know, they're just like kind of risk take. I don't know what it is, but she just doesn't like it. But the, the, the problem is I am a pastor's son, by the way, if you didn't know that. Um, my dad was a pastor for many years. So <laughs> it's like her only thing. And uh, that's exactly what she got. So she was like, okay, I'm just going to give this up. And, uh, and here we are uh, happily ever after. No, not really. Okay. So going back to the original question, is it okay to have preferences? Short answer? Yes, but there are some risks associated with putting certain more superficial, uh, risks high up on that priority list. And those risks are primarily number one, you're limiting your pool of opportunity. You're limiting your pool of candidates to work with. It's very rare to find, you know, I, I mean, I often joke about some, some people who say like, oh, they, they have to, uh, you know, speak my language. They have to be half this, half that. They have to like, you know, yoga and, and rock climbing and all this kind of thing. Well, like, good luck. And, and they have to generally follow my faith, my faith. 
uh, you know, it's, there's probably zero or one person in the entire planet. So good luck finding them. So that's one realistic thing is it limits your opportunities. Um, if you're one of your preferences is like not just person, but how you want to go about finding them. Like you only want to get uh, matched by your parents talking to somebody that you know, for example, and you're not willing to go on a matching website, a profile website, or you're not willing to go to 24 plus, or you're not willing to do those things. If you're unwilling to do things and you have a preference to go in a specific path to find somebody that also limits the pool of opportunities, right? And in the end, number two, the risk of doing this is it limits most importantly, the opportunity for God to work in your situation. Uh, because God is a spiritual being. God is a being of eternity. God does not care what language we speak or does God does not care the color of our skin, right? God does not care about how tall we are or how short we are. It does not matter. It does not even associate when God thinks about the path that God is trying to nudge you on to receive the blessing to mommy. God does not care. God only cares about your heart and and your purity and having you on the path to finding uh, the person that you can ultimately create the most amount of love in your life. So I just wanted to put, to mention those that there are certain risks associated with that. Do you want to have anything else to say, to say Tomomi or Yana before we close? I, I'm glad you mentioned those. I was just laughing at you shared about your wife and preferences because I think those tend to come out after uh, <laughs> sometimes yeah. the preferences and stories. But thank you. I wanted to mention while we're here, um, just like a bonus few minutes about some preferences that come up a lot that are kind of are kind of gray areas or black and white for people and people don't know how to navigate. And that's usually to do with sexuality. Uh, either somebody, a candidate that they're communicating with had or, or had a sexual relationship in the past, maybe they received special grace or they have had a porn addiction or bad habit, regardless of men or women. So these are things that come up usually in sexual uh, sexual behaviors of such. Uh, how would you guide someone, Yana, in that situation? Who's like, I really don't want anyone who has any sexual experience, pornography otherwise. Um, how would you kind of encourage them? I think I always go with like asking why. I think sometimes you've got to really identify specific things. So first, it's totally valid to feel what you're feeling and those preferences. I think that's overall of what we've been sharing, right? Your preferences, but then go a little deeper into why that's important to you. And um, yeah, it, it becomes different when it's just a concept versus a real person, right? And I think, again, I've yeah, been amazed by mm -hmm. some of the high noon couples and their testimonies. Because like what I mentioned earlier about your own self being committed to grow and also recognizing in a person, are they committed to grow? And I found some people who've gone through a lot, maybe in their past and shifted, they're incredible, right? What, they're, what they've gone through in that journey. And so, yeah, just being able to honor each person uniquely and not get too caught up in a, the concept you may have behind why you would make that decision. At the same time, you know, I want to say it's valid and, you know, understand that, but just a little, go dig a little deeper there, right? Is it because you want to be a, the first night is the first night for both of you and that's the reason or is it because you have concepts and you're kind of grouping people together and then you've got to go deeper into who is that person what have they grown and learned from this hmm. um again that's the sort of seeing from god's perspective go a little deeper in 
and the questions you ask, I think that's really key, how you approach it. Questions you ask yourself and also bring up in conversation. Yeah, that's so important because there, there's definitely every, I mean, all the time we have couples who are going through this exact conversation where one of the partners uh, has had a sexual experience in the back, past, whether physical or pornography or whatever. And, and this partner has to make an informed decision and kind of figure out if they're willing to, to take, take that, that association and take those, those uh, essentially those experiences, right. And bring it into their relationship potentially. So it's definitely not a clear thing, but I would say the most important thing is give and take having conversations about it within, with your matching team, with your parents, with the matching candidate. If you're in a conversation already, having give and take is the key because it's really a, a, the best case scenario, quite frankly, it is the best case scenario if you're in a matching process or before matching process and this comes up because then you have an opportunity to talk about it, make an informed decision and decide because in the end, you both have to decide, you know, let's say that they're the absolute like perfect individual in terms of, um, in terms of how you feel God is working in that matching process and you really feel like it's just everything is awesome, everything is awesome, like an awesome possum. Uh, but <laughs> Lego movie, <laughs> sorry, but there's this little kind of roadblock, which is past experience. You know, what do you say to that? Do you say, no, this is an absolute, no, I really think like, you know, saying you have to first and foremost, see everyone as the unique individual they are first, and then you can consider other things. And on that foundation, this applies to everything. This applies to people's physical appearance. This applies to people's weight, to their age to their height to their language their country their nationality their passport everything is first to see them as a child of god to me what that means to kind of wrap up that point is how able am i to identify the god the godliness the god-given qualities in a person everyone has attractive beautiful god-given qualities everybody is attractive not the instagram attractive everyone is attractive innately divinely attractive and beautiful and if you can identify those qualities those god-given qualities in yourself then it's infinitely easier to see those in other people it starts with myself first can i see myself in god as a unique gift to this world and all the qualities that i bring and if i can it's easy to see everybody in that in that light so the question of like seeing people from god's perspective I, to me that simply is can i see god in me and, and the God qualities that I have, the spiritually uh, beautiful and intuitive qualities that I have, and then can I see those in other people? Tomomi, do you have anything to add? Or Yana, to finish, finish this up? Um, today, I, wish I got a lot of yeah, teaching from your pastor's son, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, really, yeah, from your testimony, Oceana's testimony, um, yeah, I can, I learned many things. Good mm. preparation for my blessing, future blessing. Thank you. I think uh, everyone listening is grateful for you, Tomomi, for being in the hot seat to join us in this conversation. Thank you for the question, Tomomi, bringing it up. Okay, so that wraps up our episode. This is the MatchNet podcast. If you want to learn more about the matching process and really have a systematic way about getting through it in a, in a good way, in a healthy, sustainable way, then you can check out the MatchNet program, which is at matchnet.us, matchnet.us, and you can join the community there. Or if you have any questions for us on this podcast, you can just 
uh, ask us a question, go to matchnet.us slash podcast uh, and just ask us a question and we'll get to it on the podcast. Okay. We have some great episodes coming up. Be sure to follow this feed so that we can get you the podcast. All right. God bless you all. We love you. Take care. Bye. 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 B